When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the DMVR Draft Podcast. I'm Justin Michael. I'm here with my main guys, Jake Schwanitz and Andre Simone. We're talking about the NFC East. It's a division that we all probably get a little sick of at times. It kind of gets forced down your throats in the middle of the season. But honestly, this is a division that I'm looking forward to talking about because I think these draft classes are pretty intriguing. I think we've got some fun options to get into. I think we'll kind of... um, I think we'll have less of a consensus than we tend to with some of these other ones in this one, just because there were some odd decisions that I think you can go either way on. But uh, first things first, how's it going, guys? I know everybody's been busy today, but other than that, how we feeling? We still riding that post nuggets high? Damn straight. Don't want it to end. It's all I care about. It's all I want to do. I just want to watch highlights from the parade. I just want to watch highlights from the season. We got our copies of the commemorative special edition book in the office just now. I mean, it's uh, yeah, Nuggets title, man. It's uh, it's all we can think of. I love that's a uh, that's got a finals patch on it there, Justin. Your hat. Oh I yeah, mean, and I I went a little little overboard on the finals gear, but I went to yeah. game five, so I kind of had to. There you go. I do think you I, honestly, I. I think you're right in assessing that you're you were a bit of a dick for asking that Miami Heat fans behind you to take a photo of you once the game was over. I think that's a little uncalled for, man. Gotta say. It gen it genuinely was not even malicious. Like I just turned around and I'm like so like, oh my God, like they were directly behind me. I'm like, hey, take my picture. And then I'm like, oh, you're wearing a, a heat jersey. And they're just <laughs> like just death glaring me. The lady does it, fortunately, but one dude in her group's just like, fuck you, man, as he walks away. <laughs> and uh, I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but I'm also not sorry either. So no. uh, go Nuggets, Don't baby. apologize. Don't apologize. The content that came out of yesterday was <laughs> absolutely amazing. Just, I mean, not just the parade stuff, but the DMVR Nuggets content. Uh, superstar Dev is now Super oh. Superstar Dev. Yeah. I mean, what a legend. He's now Global Star Dev. You guys should have seen him walking through the parade, literally being stopped every five steps. It was insanity. Well, he's, I mean, he's full on internet famous now with them yep. Denver Nuggets jeans. He's become Denver Nuggets. He's the guy. He's he the, guy. the guy. He replaced the original meme. It's now Dev. He's the, the 2023 Nuggets. Is you shitting me? When does the cover band surpass the original band it's a he's a beatles cover band doing bigger numbies than the beatles themselves never did i think i'd see the day 
But tip only your hat to the OG. <laughs> tip your hat to the OG. You know that guy had to be uh, celebrating quite a lot the last few days. Let's hope. Let's hope. I wonder. I wonder if he's still with us because everyone. I mean, Dev is him. I, I'm waiting for him to be like, guys, that's me. He hasn't surfaced <laughs> yet. I know it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll get into it. I know this is an do NFL it. draft let's pod do after it. all, but uh, <laughs> we're we're all about Colorado and Denver sports. If you listen to anything in this company, you know what we're about. You're fine with two minutes of a little sidetrack there. But let's get into the Philadelphia Eagles who just continue to stack up Georgia defensive stars. They continue to add to that front seven, which should just be incredible. Um, they end up with Jalen Carter at number nine, come back, get Nolan Smith at 30, round three, get Alabama offensive guard Tyler Steen and Illinois safety Sidney Brown. Georgia corner Keeley Ringo sticking with the Bulldogs thing at 105. Great value there, in my opinion. Great value landing Tanner McKee in the sixth round, too. I know you don't necessarily need him, but why not? Where are you at with this draft class, I guess? Um, let's go with Dre, because I think I like it a lot, but I, I feel like Dre's going to bring in the criticism here. No, I mean, it's an outstanding draft. Being able to get Jalen Carter at nine is really good, and unlike any other team that would have drafted in the top ten, as we talked about in our like day one recap, many moons ago now um this is one of those few situations where with all those georgia connections with the fact that he doesn't have to start right away there's a thick defensive line rotation and just schematically how you can like him into that defensive line what that's gonna do um is huge ditto for nolan smith who look i wasn't the highest on nolan smith but still at 31, considering that positional value, considering that value as an, uh, you know, speed rusher is huge. And Keely Ringo, I thought Keely Ringo out of set and forget first round grade because the size and speed, I don't even give a shit about the agility margins, right? God, I'm going to 20 fucking years. We're talking about margins in the NFL draft with Keely Ringo. You're over 205 pounds. You're over six, two, you round up four, three flat. Okay, that agility might not be there. Put on the Marvin Harrison Jr. tape and look at how he's able to make up for that lack of agility with that length, with that speed, ultra-competitive, ultra-physical. With a defensive line like that, it's exactly the kind of cornerback I would gamble on. Sidney Brown from one of the top secondaries in the entire country, reminiscent of that rise secondary where every single member of the secondary is going to get drafted. Sidney Brown, brother of Chase, the running back, apparently their competition and practices at Illinois, epic. Um, Steen, positional value is good for the Alabama left tackle, even though he's not maybe a high-end starter. He's a serviceable starter somewhere on your own line. And as Justin mentioned, McGee is really nice value. Guys, uh, this is... Four top 100 dudes and two other guys at positions of value, like quarterback, like offensive tackle. And I mean, again, we want to talk positional value. They drafted a pass rushing three technique, which has really high value. They drafted an edge. They drafted an offensive tackle, a cornerback, and a quarterback. And then the another edge. thing to find in the NFL, honest to God. A, a, comp, a real oh, competent oh, pass rushing three technique. Oh. Good luck. You might get one a decade. 
at all times. It's like Grady Jarrett, Aaron Donald. Once one of those guys has passed this prime, we might have another one. But there's never like, oh, yeah, there's 10 of these guys. No. And that's why I thought it was weird with, I understand the off-field stuff with Jalen Carter and whatnot. And I get, like, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, that's a different position. But, I mean, for him to fall all the way to nine when he is that rare, he's that big, that unique, how? How does he fall to nine? Well, this is okay. This is my take. Yeah, to us. Um, They killed it. Make no mistake about it. They killed it. It was a master class in drafting positional value. Um, But what the hell? The rest of the NFL? We just let these Georgia guys drop for no reason. Like, I don't care that Keely Ringo is like a slash cornerback slash safety that you don't really know where he may go. He's a little tight hipped, whatever. Jalen Carter, of course, has the off the field stuff, but we knew we know what he is as a football player. Why is the NFL letting all these guys just drop it? The Eagles just take them because they're just there staring them in the face. It's it's crazy to me. I mean, Tanner McKee, a guy who I really liked, also at quarterback in the sixth round. Yeah. Obviously, it's the Jalen Hurts show, but man, this is a guy. If you needed him to come in and play a game or so, I feel very confident about his ability just to run an offense and get the ball out on time. Um, you can talk about top end traits; he doesn't have them, but he ran the offense really well at Stanford. They were a bad football team. It was not his fault. Um, but Sidney Brown, fantastic. Keely Ringo, fantastic. I mean. I guess the one weak spot on this team before um, the draft and free agency you would point out was the secondary. You get Bradbury back. Um, you still have Slay. And right. then you add in Sidney Brown and Kaylee Ringo. It's it's ridiculous. And then you got Nolan Smith now just adding to that pass rushing rotation. It's just adding strength on strength. They got Eli Ricks as an undrafted free agent and stuff, man. It's just, it's crazy. Well, if you're disgusted, uh, just a reminder, they were able to pick up DeAndre Swift on a day three yes. trade bargain. Yeah. It, what is the rest of the NFL doing? <laughs> it's a great point. It's a great because and this is where I think we feel so justified, right? This like you can talk about this at nauseum year round as we do, and then it kind of all molds the same. And you start to wonder, like, do we even know what we're talking about? All these names blend. And then you see a team like this where it's like, geez, at every single round, they had the highest rated dude basically as the highest rated dude we had. And they just snatched them up and snatched them up and snatched them up. It's it's that easy. When you do it right. And when you have a good team and you're not beholden to addressing needs aggressively. But that's why we're always talking about fuck needs. Like your needs are going to change from one year to another. That's what you have free agency for. That's what you have everything for. You need to add quality players. You need to add future starters. You need to add guys that are talented enough to make a championship core for your team. And the Eagles for several years now seem to be doing that. Just how many times have we seen teams pass on a potential generational superstar like Jalen Carter because it's, ah, we have a starting defensive tackle though. So we're going to take this one guy because we needed an offensive guard. All right, that's fine. Go watch him be an eight-time All-Pro then. You could throw in uh, the Ravens and how Ozzie Newsom was running that team before his yep. uh, before he stepped down. It's yep. kind of the same thing. They just drafted the best player there and – I mean, yeah, good on them for actually doing it, but they're there because everyone else is passing on them. Is this an A draft for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. 
where are the knocks? Where are the where would we knock them? You know, um, yeah. Obviously, you have two first rounders, two third rounders. We should all be so lucky, right? You we're gonna hold you to a high standard. You better bring home some future starters. For my board, they did that though, and then we're able to add even more surplus of talent. Um, what you guys are saying about Jalen Carter is exactly why this situation from several long-standing NFL analysts, executives, what have you, is getting a lot of comps to the Warren Sapp situation. Who at Miami was a superstar, drops because of character concerns and what have you, and the NFL, uh, you know, unions telling people, you know, like, don't draft this guy, don't touch him. All pro, set and forget, most dominant dude for many, many years. I just, he would have been worth the risk for me for like, if you had anybody outside of those top four picks, like if you weren't quarterback dependent, Jalen Carter would have been. Yeah, I'm writing it. I'm uh, Jalen Carter. or What is it in draft day? I, totally yeah. uh, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Uh, Vontae Mack. Yeah. Vontae Mack, no matter <laughs> what. It would have been yeah. really good if I would have pulled that out smoothly, but uh, <laughs> I did good. not. So. Who's uh who's the Jenga piece for this Eagles team? And what I mean, at this point, it's basically just what we talked about in terms of their team building philosophy. Like they have their quarterback, they they're building around Hertz, and now they're kind of just stockpiling as much talent everywhere that they can. They're rich getting richer. Absolutely. Um I go with AJ Brown. I'll shout out Hassan Reddick. He was an absolute monster for them last year, but uh, we'll see if he can do it again. But, I mean, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, um, I mean, the list goes on and on, man. Great for you, Justin. Yeah, I think it'd be A.J. Brown, too. Um, I was trying to think of defensively who I could make the argument for, but, the, I mean... Outside Slade. of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I just that that team is it's about the offense. It is. And I know the front seven is sick, and like that's why they're so good, is because they can get after the QB too. But like this team will go as far as Jalen Hurts takes them, and he needs Brown to be a big part of that. And what can Brown do last for you? Year. Yeah, his impact was obvious. I mean, they became a Super Bowl contender because they had him. It's a great point. I mean the leap Jalen Hurts took, how much of that is just A.J. Brown, you know. Um, honestly, guys, for me, it's Fletcher Cox. Um, they've had a plan in place for a few years of, you know, like what this will look like once he's gone, and yet he's still there. They've done a very good job keeping him. I think he'll go down as one of the greatest Eagles of all time. And frankly, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. I think this is a guy that consistently should be in the top 10 or top five in the NFL's top 100 list. Um, and they, as dominant as this D-line is, they still need to prove they can be that level of dominant when good old Fletch isn't, you know, manning and anchoring up front. So to me, he is uh, he he's the one that gets that for the Eagles. I think you might have just sold me, Dre. I think I think you flipped me. I flipped my commitment. I'm taking the, the <laughs> AJ Brown hat off, and I'm sliding on the Fletcher Cox hat. Having a bit of an internal. <laughs> it's an egg bowl rivalry, man. Fletcher's Mississippi. Yes, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I like it. Um, anything else we want to hit on this Eagles team? I mean, they're going to be one of the front runners, obviously, in the <laughs> NFC. 
it'll be interesting to see what Jalen Hurts does now that he's, you know, like defensive coordinators are keying in on him as, you know, the focal point of this offense. It's going to be interesting to see if he can pick it up, but uh, I have no reason to doubt him based on what we've seen these, these past couple of years. The gap in the NFC is wild, man, because all the QBs are in the AFC aside from the Eagles with Hurts. It's nuts. You got to feel really good. I mean, it's why you feel good even if you're San Fran and you don't even know who's going to be your quarterback at the end of the season if you're the Niners. But, like, you know that nobody else has a quarterback, so you're all right. Hey, all right let's, watch uh, out, man. I was just going to say, Jalen Hurts signed that extension. He's still getting paid on that last year of his rookie deal. It's only a $6 million cap hit this year. Watch out. Good Lord. That's, well, and that's why I'll, you draft responsibly. That is why you build your team. Yeah, um, the draft. I mean, that's another margins conversation. They're taking advantage of those margins, right? The margins they have in the cap, the margins they have with the extra draft capital. And they're not just resting on their laurels, right? This is why we were so upset with the Lions. Like, yeah, overall, that's a fine draft. You added some good talent. But with the stakes that were lined up, you had to. You had to do better than that. And that's why we are so high on the Eagles because they checked off every single box. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's move on. Let's go to New York. The New York football giants. They land Deontay Banks, Maryland corner, number 24 overall in the first. Minnesota center John Michael Schmitz in the second. He's a stud. Uh, Jalen Hyatt in the third. Tennessee wide receiver. Good value there. Of course, coming off of the knee injury, though. Uh, Oklahoma running back Eric Gray in the fifth. Trey Hawkins, the third old Dominion DB in the six, and they wrap up with Oregon defensive tackle Jordan Riley and Houston safety, uh, Javarius Owens. I'm not crazy about Banks. He did get some late love, I know, in, in draft circles, kind of a late riser there. Schmitz is going to be good. I don't know, value-wise, if if that's the best use of your pick. And, and Hylett, Hyatt, excuse me, in the third, that's probably my favorite pick of this class, but I don't know when he's going to be able to help you. So I, I guess my biggest beef here is I don't know how much better this team got. I think that's legit. Jake, how do you see this class? I It's, it's good. I like it at the top. Uh, yeah. Day three, I can kind of sell a lot of, I mean, Eric Gray, kind of like Marvin Mims, that Oklahoma team really kind of flew under the radar, at least the big producers. Dude. Because they were so bad. What's up with that? You watch that Oklahoma tape. I love Anton Harrison. Eric Gray's intriguing. Marvin Mims is good. Like, how were they so cruddy this past season? That's an aside that you don't need to answer, but it just come every time you it happened, man. The town was there. Wait, we saw it coming, though. We did. Yeah, we called yeah, it out uh, early it's in the true. year that Oklahoma wasn't going to be good, but he was their leading rusher, over 1,300 yards and touchdowns. I mean, with the... I don't even want to say the uncertainty with Saquon, but I mean, he's obviously doing the holdout thing or whatever. So um, you have some insurance there. I'm not mad at the Jalen Hyatt pick. I mean, I thought he'd go higher just because of that speed. Um, So getting him at 73, I think it's fantastic. And I liked Deontay Banks. He's really smooth, a little undersized, but um, a guy I think that can make a difference and, you know, kind of rounds out a really decent secondary actually at this point. Yeah, why were you why were you low on banks, uh, Justin? You're right, J- uh, Jake gave us a grade. Um, let's go 
B. Maybe a bit high. B minus. I I don't know. I just I felt like there were times when I, I saw him trying to go against some of those receivers in the Big Ten where I felt like just physically I didn't see it. I don't know. A little bit undersized, but yeah. I, I'm just I'm nitpicking. I liked I, I liked those big corners a lot more i guess that's where i was at i was a big joey porter jr guy i didn't really understand him falling to the second round that's i shouldn't frame it as if i think he's going to be a bust or anything i just felt like there were better corners on the table no i mean he's an interesting one because he's not a shutdown guy which i think is what you're alluding to right he's never going to be your number one shutdown but once you started to analyze that coverage tool, it was like, man, he can play inside, outside. He's physical because he's almost like 200 pounds. Handsy, but the right amount. You'd love to see more ball skills, but like he turns and red. Like he just checked off a lot of bo- boxes to where in the end he ended up in my top 20 in a first round grade, the last of the first round grades I gave out. Um, uh, Michael Schmitz is the pick I'd criticize a little more. I thought he got a little overhyped by the media late second was kind of like on the, it was lower than most people out of mocked, but to me was on the higher end of where he should have gone. He's very scheme specific. I don't know that I love him in Dable's system and this receiver core with Hyatt. I don't know if Hyatt was the stabilizer it needed with Hodgins on the outside. Darius Slayton, and then this mishmash of in the slot, we're going to try Paris Campbell. We're going to try Wandale Robinson. We're going to try Jamison Crowder. I would have been better in a, in a more complimentary wide receiver room where he's not supposed to be the, the alpha. He can more be that seam stretcher. He can more be your, your vertical threat that opens up spaces for everyone else by simply lining him and his four, three, four, four speed on the outside. Um, you know, it's three top hundred guys. If you flip Michael Schmitz and Hyatt, I'd actually, uh, like how they went about those day two picks quite a bit. Eric Ray is the only guy who really stands out to me about day three. That's where I think they could have done better. They did what they needed to. They didn't necessarily exceed expectations, uh, positional value, you address the trenches, you address wide receiver, you address two corners. That's not bad. It's a B. I think it's a B right in line, no more, no less. I think that's fair. I don't know. I'd go, I'm more along like C plus. Like you technically did what you were supposed to. I just, I, I don't love it. I, it doesn't impress me much. Yeah. That don't impress me much. That's what uh <laughs> that's what Justin has to say about that. So you got Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Do you have the touch though? Yeah. Um well then have that on my bingo card for today's draft pod, but here we are, huh boys? Shania Twain references. Who who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? You never uh, know what you're in for on the draft pod, man. So true. Let's not forget they added Darren Waller, too. So, I mean, there's some speed on this team. I mean, I guess you can say they had Evan Ingram before, but um, there's some speed. I mean, we're still waiting on that, you know, full, healthy breakout season from Sterling Shepard, who's been on this roster for forever now. Um, He's in there. I I don't know. I I just find myself asking, did they really get better from this draft? I'm kind of stretching i think to get there you did add some speed you shirt up the trenches but 
did you really get better? I know. You added some pieces you needed to add. Did you really get better, especially especially year one? Meh. I think that's a legitimate question. After committing to Danny Dimes? Yeah. 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 Um, piece? It's Saquon, right? I think it is. There are Dexter Lawrence in there, too. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. I mean, the heart of this team in many ways is that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of need Andrew Thomas to keep developing and stay the course on this O-line. Um, I, I kind of do think it's Saquon. I just think it's... I, if they're going to be anything of note, they need Saquon to be you know, the, the Barkley we envisioned him being pre-injury and yeah, we'll see. He had a great year last year. Great year. Awesome. Just, can you keep it up? A lot of tread on those tires. And well, and his world is massive on this team with that receiver room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Another good point. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Before we do, though, now is the perfect time to check out Breckenridge Brewery, everything that they have to offer. Uh, it's it's Mountain Beach sour season, guys. June is here. Let's go. Sour season is here. I, I said it when Jake and I recorded last. Jake puts down Mountain Beach like it is Gatorade. Um, he's going to be out here in a, about 10 minutes like Stone Cold Steve Austin, bashing a couple of them together, <laughs> pouring on his face. Maybe not quite that dramatic, but he is going to have a good time because he's going to have a Mountain Beach Sour in hand. You can too. Breckenridge Brewery has been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy, we stand a conscious company that you know cares about the environment and all that. So shout out Breck, shout out to you, and check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Boom. Beer of the Month at DMBR Bar as well. Um, also, shout out. What a time to be alive, boys, huh? <laughs> Beer of the month? Amazing. Wow, amazing. And I'm interrupting reads. Please go for it, Jake. So good. Shout out to Game Time, <laughs> the best ticketing site out Let's there. Go. It's rocky season. There's great deals seemingly almost every day. We don't have to get too in depth. Blake 182 coming to Ballerina on July 3rd. <laughs> yes, sir. It is concert season. Game Time, as you covered. No matter what you want to do this summer, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code DMVR. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Use that 20 bucks for some Mountain Beach Sour, maybe. Damn straight. Um, Shady Rays, they've got it right. This is my kind of company, my kind of place. And in Denver, even with uh, the rain we've had this summer, you always need to be shaded up with that high-altitude sun. And Shady Rays has you covered. These are outstanding, great designs, great quality glasses, great quality lenses, designer quality, in fact, all at a fraction of those prices. And as if 
that wasn't enough to get these high quality, great glasses, great selections. I mean, even the different lens colors they have, the different styles, they're all awesome, but exclusive to our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com, use our code DMVR, get 50% off the second pair of polarized sunglasses. They're already a fraction of the cost. Then you get that second pair of shades at half off their absurd prices already then at checkout they'll give you other deals on cases extra shades i love shady rays man this is i'd be telling you this in uh in person if you caught me at the bar even if i didn't have to do a podcast read try them yourselves for shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand plus people shadyrays.com use that code dmvr I just keep thinking of Jake like crushing two mountain beaches together and at a mountain beach, not a Breck Avalanche Ale. What? We just keep going. We need to create this video, man. Are you are That's you good. our new are you our new creative director? I think I might be. Also, are I we think getting you a desk the, uh, in RG's office? This would be all the wrestling I've been watching lately. My girlfriend hates it, but uh it's doing great things for my creative spirit, apparently. <laughs> Let's talk about the Cowboys. You're the um, best, Justin. Never change. Yeah, <laughs> what'd you think of the Cowboys? This is like, they went hard on Michigan, guys. But I honestly want you to start us off, Justin. You are, I am 100% Maisie Smith on this pod because you were prepping for that game one matchup. Rams, uh, Michigan at the big house. And I thought it was kind of an upset to see him going 27th overall. We talked and praised the Eagles for going after that three tech and how rare that is. That nose tackle having a bit of a moment because I think we're realizing if you don't have that three tech, the least you can do is have a guy who can take up two offensive linemen and that three tech you have at least grant him some one-on-one matchups or grant those one-on-one matchups to your guys on the outside, on the edge. Um, so they doubled up on Michigan guys. They got, they went with your San Jose state guy. This is your, they went with Deuce Vaughn like this, Justin, you must start <laughs> us off on the Cowboys. Yeah, they, they definitely went with a lot of JTM branded. Damn individuals. straight. Yeah. Uh, Fajoko Jr. San Jose state edge part of a really stout front seven that the Spartans had had the last couple of years, Cade Hall, uh, another NFL prospect as well. Um, I, I like it. Look, Mazzy Smith at 26, maybe a little bit rich, but he's, I mean, outside of, of Carter, in my opinion, the second best interior defensive lineman coming out. And I think it, it opens up some possibilities with the speed you have on the outside, right? Like you have all this flexibility with Micah Parsons and, and you can move them around a little bit. Putting him behind a guy like Mazzy Smith, I really like what that what that opens up just from the blitz packages that you can do. Great I mean, point. you can put Parsons anywhere. You can shoot him up the A gap. You can have him yeah. come on the outside. You're just adding more flexibility, more athleticism to what is already kind of a, a pretty intriguing defensive front seven. I mean, they need um goodness, this is horrible for Mountain West guy. Boise State linebacker. Drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Van Ness. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Uh, not Van Ness. Um, Van no, Der Esch. Van Thank Esch. you. Yes. God damn it. Yeah, Some I went name blind on it. <laughs> they need him to be healthy, and they need him to produce like he did three years ago. And if he can do that, then I think that this is a pick that really is going to help this team right away. Uh, that said, 
I don't know. I mean, you need a running back. They didn't land one of those. I would have liked to have gone for another wide receiver. You're not including um, Deuce Vaughn and the running backs they added? Well, I love Deuce Vaughn, but is he going to be a three-down back for them? No. no but I think he's going to open up some possibilities with you know sub-packages. You can get him the ball in the passing game. I think he's stronger between the tackles than people give him credit for. Yeah. But offensively, I just think that they're really going to be dependent on C.D. Lamb being like dominant. And now, as that number one guy, you don't have Amari Cooper on the outside. Can he be that? We shall see. They need Gallup to be healthy, CSU. Um, I just, I would have liked to have seen them go after a running back. I would have liked to have seen them add another pass catcher. I think that would have been big for Dak. I really like the guys that they got, though. I'd give it B minus, C plus, B minus. I like it better than average. Could have done a little bit better position value wise. They did add Brandon Cooks, though. Um, so there's some potential yeah. coming in, but I mean, he's been in the league for a while. He is still very young. I mean, he was very young when he got in the league. It's like the fifth um, time he's been traded. He the amount of compensation that guy has been traded for is oh. out of control. Oh, and did he make any of those teams actually better? That's the funny thing about some of the like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. It's just good funny. Player. Like you see him keep getting traded. There's probably a reason if teams are willing to give him up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, dude. They've the NFL as a whole has given up more draft compensation for Brandon Cooks than like name the than Randy Moss. Then like the Eagles did for Carson Wentz when they moved up <laughs> to get him. You know, like yeah. It's insane. At this point, may even bring up Herschel Walker, bro. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. for like five first round. I think picks. you're right. I think you're right. Um, I don't know. It's a solid class. I like Mizey Smith. I liked Luke Schoomaker. I was surprised how high he went, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then Demarvion Overshow is a guy who you know played there for forever at Texas. Had some flashes. Nice value, I think. And then Deuce Vaughn, of course, he's a playmaker. But. They need to close the gap to the Eagles. And I know we just went crazy talking about them and how they just own the NFL. And I just don't know if they really did that, closing the gap on the Eagles. Um, They're the best team in the NFC, and it's going to be hard to, you know, dethrone them and win this division to put yourself in position to win a championship. And I'm just not quite there. I mean, Mike McCarthy still coached this team. They were much better last year. Um, but I, I don't know, man, this team is just, it feels like they just keep running the same thing back over and over, uh, defensively, you, you add Stefan Gilmore in free agency, who knows how much he has left in the tank. He was getting burned at times last year in Indy secondary's not bad. I mean, I can't complain about it. Diggs is who he is. He's going to get eight interceptions or whatever, and he's going to allow eight 60 plus yard touchdowns. Damn straight. I'm intrigued to see how well Tony Pollard does as this lead back, because as you said, Justin, Backfield is kind of lacking at this point. Um, still have a great offensive line. You've got some weapons. It's just a matter of Dak playing up to par and if you can really just hold strong defensively to win some games that are close. Yeah, it's not great for me. It's an overdraft that about every single spa. Um, they have a lot of picks. They have all their own natural picks, which with an extra sixth rounder. Um, and there's just nothing that moves the needle for me. Mozzie, I get. Shoemaker, it's a gamble on injuries. I, 
I would have taken a gamble on other guys who you should have gambled on injuries, primarily guys from Georgia, Keely Ringo, Darnell Washington. Um, over Sean, it's a late third off-ball linebacker. And again, I mean, look at the positions you prioritized on the first two days in the top 100. Nose tackle, tight end, off-ball linebacker. You're not really getting it on the positional value side. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like Fehoko. Asim Richards is probably the best value for any pick they had. Um, if you see the behind the scenes footage from the Cowboys draft room, they're debating Mozzie over a guard. I'd assume that's Osiris Torrance, but hard to say exactly. The same shit every year, man. Same shit every year. I actually think in lieu of that, Asim Richards, who had a very nice career at tackle at North Carolina, could be an athletic Inside guy, maybe try to tackle would be fine, but I think everything Jake said is a really valid point. How much did they close the gap? How much did they get better? How much did they really address the needs? They didn't do what they needed to. I think they fell short. This is in the C minus D plus range. I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I'm going to go with a firm C plus. I said C plus B minus, but some of the stuff you really hit home there, just on those first three rounds, you've got to come away with more. When you're a team that, you know, is hoping to be in the mix. Like we said, the NFC is wide open. If you're the Cowboys, I mean, it's the Niners, it's the, the Eagles, and you you would be next in Zoom. Seattle, I guess you could throw in the mix there. A couple other teams, Minnesota. but like, yeah, the Vikings. But you should fully expect to be one of those teams pushing to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I feel like they're a worse team right now than they were at this time last year. They just don't get me excited, man. Um, look, Luke Schoonmaker did some great things for Michigan. Um, they took him over Tucker Craft. They took him over Darnell Washington. They took him over Cameron Law, too, over Payne Durham, the guy out of Purdue. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just doesn't get me he's, too excited. He's more about of a blocker, C. isn't he? He caught some passes. I mean, it was about the outside guys at Michigan who really made it happen in the passing game. I mean, and we're fooling ourselves here. It's all about Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards at running back, really, for that team. Right. Uh, that so was honestly kind nice of an season. assumption on my part. Like, I was, just, I, mean, I don't really remember him popping as a pass catcher, so I assume he popped as a blocker in that run-heavy offense if they took him in the second round. He had 35 receptions for 400 yards, three touchdowns. Like it wasn't a bad um, season from him. It's just, he wasn't, he didn't scream to me like a top 56 player or whatever they took him in. Well, and he's one of those guys that blew up at the combine, right? So I think yes. you, you reevaluated his profile once you saw the four five he ran and I think they got duped a little bit. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't see it as much of an upgrade on Jake Ferguson. I also see like, there are stellar tight ends coming through free agency and getting like no money whatsoever. Evan Ingram last year, great example. Um, Bobby Tunyon is going to be a backup somewhere, you know, like the bears, I think you don't need to spend money to get these tight ends. They took him in the same area that Trey McBride went last year at tight end one. And obviously it was a much deeper class this year. And a lot of those guys went earlier, but just for comparison's sake, I mean, in the 50s, that's about where you're taking the best tight ends typically. So they took him in Trey McBride range over Darnell Washington Craft, as Jake said. And I think either of those guys would have been a much better pick. Um, Jenga piece for the Cowboys. Who would it be? You mentioned him off the bat. I think it's Micah Parsons, and I don't think there's much debate. 
But you mentioned the importance of CD Lamb. I forget if that was you, Justin, or Jake. Um, so, you guys tell me. It's Parsons. I mean, maybe you make the argument that just, like I said, I, I do think CD Lamb is going to be huge for their offense. If they're going to be anything, he's got to be like the wide receiver one that he has the athletic ability to be, frankly, he just tends to disappear in some of these big games. I, I don't like question it because I don't think he's good enough. It's just one of those where I've, we, we've watched him in the league for a couple of years now and he hasn't flashed consistently while having Cooper and Gallup opposite of him, you know, commanding some of that attention. Now you're the guy. And so I'm just a little skeptical there, but it's all about Micah Parsons. He's one of the best defenders in the NFL. And if he plays that, an MVP, you know, all pro type level. I think they're going to be really good and right back in the mix again. Yeah. It's, he's their best player by far. Um, I'll just add that their offensive line, man, it's getting very top heavy. You have some real dogs and Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, but man, they're getting up there in age. So uh, an injury comes and all of a sudden it's derailed completely offensively for the Cowboys. If you lose one of those guys, Martin's a guy who at times has kind of struggled to stay on the field. So. I think that he'd be a Same good, with good one to throw out. Yeah, that, that O-line is not what it used to be, and big part of it's the age, man. They kind of need to get younger. Uh, this was an aside, as Justin was talking about, CD. Um, as far as like takes I've had in the last three to five years, how high I was on that Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CD Lamb trio of wide receivers – is one of the takes I feel worst about, if not the take I feel worst about of that span. Um, I really I don't know you if though. you were wrong though. I I genuinely yeah. don't. Like I think Judy, I think Judy is what we thought he would, what we thought he is. Yeah. We just haven't seen it consistently yet, which is a fair criticism. Rugs, that's a completely different totally. ordeal. Totally. totally, nothing to do with football. Yeah. CD, I don't think has has been the guy, just in terms of production, that he should be with those athletic traits. But I don't know, man. The Cowboys are just a weird team in general these last couple of years. I know. I honestly thought I'd get more out of Gallup two years ago. I did too. I mean, injuries have been a part of the factor, and but yeah, I I still think Gallup is better than people give him credit for, and we just haven't really seen him fully unleashed. I don't, maybe I'm being a CSU guy and I got the, the Ram blinders on in that instance, but he got his body too, control, his ability to catch and contort in space is just absurd. And he's a freak athlete. I don't know. I, I could go on for days. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's wrap up the NFC East with the Washington commanders, right hand up, salute the commanders. Oh, I yeah. can look it up. They have a, they have a song. Uh, <laughs> 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 Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State corner, number 16 overall. They follow that up with another DB out of Illinois, uh, Jertavius Martin, Ricky Stromberg, the Arkansas center in the third, Braden Daniels, an offensive lineman out of Utah in the fourth. They wrap it up with Clemson edge, KJ Henry, Kentucky running back, Chris Rodriguez Jr. in the sixth, and Louisiana edge, Andre Jones Jr. in the seventh. I would say this class is probably in contention for least exciting, at least just in terms of like star power. You don't have really any like brand power here with the teams or players. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Forbes was a surprise to me when you had Christian Gonzalez sitting right there. 
he ends up going what CB two in the draft, right? I think so Lawrence yeah. was sixteen, and and Gonzalez went at, at seventeen, I believe, or eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it right here. And Witherspoon, then Forbes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Jake, we were high on him. Like, yes, he's an his his weight is one of the great outliers of this entire draft class because he's not even a buck seventy soaking wet. As far as cover skills, ball skills, length, straight raw speed, shit, like this guy does have the goods to be a shutdown corner. But we've never seen a shutdown corner in this size. We've never seen a reasonable starting corner at this size. And how in a division with just off the top, A.J. Brown, are you going to survive? Je ne sais pas, they would say in French. Um, Very intrigued by that. Very intrigued by that pick, though not necessarily a Ron Rivera cover two type corner. Whatever, we won't get into that. They really, the rest of day two is very underwhelming. Martin, uh, another safety out of Illinois, another of those DBs out of the Illini's stellar secondary. Um, best way I've heard him described is he's a 90-10 guy. The, the first 90% of the play looks great. Last 10, there's quite a few mistakes that we'd like to avoid. That That is not what I want out of my safeties. I always want a guy I can trust to be my last line of defense. That's not what I just described with Martin. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's going to be more of an X factor in the slot as a fifth DB sub package guy. You know, you're the Mandos. I don't think you have the luxury of wasting a top 50 pick on that kind of dude. Maybe let's let's address some solid real needs before we move on to getting our fun little sub DB. Uh, Stormberg, it was a loaded center class. There was guys I had ranked higher than him. I like Christian Rodriguez. Um, you know, like day three, there is some intrigue, but with what they had, what what the stakes are for this team, you, you didn't take care of business. You underwhelmed, and it's at best a D. And on top of that, what is the direction of this franchise? Like, what are <laughs> you didn't upgrade a quarterback? What are what are you doing? Like, where are you going in this division where you're at best third and you're probably fourth? From the very I mean, top. maybe maybe there's, there's the Caleb on that the, Yeah. I mean that's that's what it reeks of. It reeks of we're gonna keep this thing going until there's actual like top down complete change, and then we'll go in all in on whatever the new direction is. Right now, we're just passing the time until that change occurs. I guess they are kind of in that weird no man's land that the Broncos uh-huh. were in, where it's like you know yeah. you're going to be sold, you know that it's about to change, but you can't. It's like you can't really make any like bold moves. You're kind of just stuck in limbo. I guess I'll give them a little bit of a break in that regard. Um, but just outside of Forbes, I just I didn't feel like they did enough with this class, and they had an opportunity to get better. Probably not going to win the division or anything like that. But when you were a competitive team last year. NFC is wide open. Like I just would have liked to have seen them kind of just do a little bit more to, to try and be slightly more competitive, but maybe it benefits them long-term if they land one of these 2024 QBs. 
Um, I love the Forbes pick. I mean, if it, everything but the weight about him, I loved. And out of everything I've seen on Twitter, he seems to be playing very well at Commander's training counter OTAs so far. Um, but yeah, man, where's the direction? I mean, we're looking at Sam Howell as the starting quarterback, and God yeah. bless him. I love that guy at UNC, but man, uh, we'll see if he's able to do something there. They do have Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator now, so big test for him, big test for this offense too. Um, because I do like the playmakers on the outside and Curtis Dotson and McLaurin. Uh, even Logan Thomas at tight end is a solid guy when he's healthy and able to contribute on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, you needed the guys. You needed Forbes and Jartavis Martin at the top of the draft, though, because this secondary without them is terrible. Uh, Kendall Fuller, you guys remember him? Former Bronco? We do. Yeah, that we do. guy. Um, he is there. there are, sorry, that was Kyle Fuller. Um, but either way, Kendall Fuller... That's your cornerback one. Like you needed help in this class. Yeah. Safety are Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest, like guys who are younger, but all both day three guys. So that front is going to be, I mean, we could pick a Jenga piece as a unit. It's entirely that front seven. That's who's leading the charge for this team throughout this season. Um, I like Chris Rodriguez, but I liked Brian Robinson a lot last year. I feel like that's a little bit of a redundant pick. So D plus. Um that's about as high as I can go, man. This team is, they're going to be feisty because of how talented they are in the trenches and they do have speed on the outside. But um, I've got questions about everything else. Here's a question for you guys. Is Ron Rivera the head coach of the Washington Commanders or whatever they're called in 2004? Only if the new ownership has stalled in we we are still stuck with Schneider and in this limbo of like they're gonna sell, but when exactly? I I can't see a new ownership taking over, changing the front office and being like, yeah, riverboat run sounds great to me. I just almost wonder if long term having Rivera this year and having them be just feisty enough, just competitive enough to really like screw up their opportunity of landing a, a high draft pick. It's like, what's the point of that? You almost would have been worse just tanking. It's a great point, he's, man. He's got to be a candidate for first coach fired this year. I mean, look at the quarterback situation and just uh, that's what he's hitching his wagon to, man. This team could get off to a very poor start and it could go downhill very quickly. Well, especially if the team by August, September, which is what is being speculated – has but sold been sold by then, then a slow start, yeah, new ownership could kind of move forward and accelerate this. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you may have some intriguing assistance that you're like, okay, I actually, you know, EB is a guy I would have brought in to interview. Let's give EB eight weeks the yeah. as the interim, see how he does, see how the locker room responds to him. Like, we saw a vision with him and Sam Howell. Let's continue that, but move on from Riverboat. I could see that. EB, Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera. Could do could do worse, man. You could do worse. You really could. Better I would love to hear the meetings year. in that room. Those are three very opinionated individuals. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Um, so, I mean, it's all in flux, and I think you make a great point. You make a great, you know, riverboat Ron's longevity. He's probably gone already if they had an owner that cared, you know. But as far as like safe keepers, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just a, 
I'd rather have him than Nathaniel Hackett. That's for sure. You know, he's going to know when to call a timeout, at least the very minimum. Um, anything else on Washington before we get out of here? Jenga. Um, yeah. Is I think it it's Chase? Terry McLaurin. Oh. That's a good one. I go Chase Young, but they've been chaseless forever. Him. Yeah, they're talking about trading him, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's a good it's point. Tough to, tough to argue that. It's a good point. I mean, Jonathan Allen or Montez Sweat, I guess. After that, yeah. I don't even know who else I'd pick. Yeah, no, I you think can make an argument for Allen. He was really good last year, but I don't know if he's like the key to winning two or three more games or not, you know, it, it's probably, it's probably Terry. You're right. McLaurin. That's the thing. They kind of, as much as like, there's a lot of guys I like, there are very few blue chip building blocks to this program. Scary Terry might be that dude. So you've, you've done it, Jake. Good job. Good on you, man. Thank you. Yes. Good. good also, stuff. we got the, uh, the 2021 UNC connection back with Diami Brown and Sam Howell, man. Watch out fireworks. Love that. Love that speed for days at wide receiver. Yep. Is he actually that fast or do you look faster in the Carolina blue though? That's the question. <laughs> That's wow. Fair. Great reference right there. He, he, he made some plays last year. He did. Well, that's all we've got for today. Shout out to everybody for keeping up with the content. It's the dog days of summer. We're less than 75 days from college football, though. It'll be here before we know it. We'll wrap up with our last division in the next podcast, and we're going to start previewing 2024. It's it's about that time, boys. Phil Steele season, uh, Athlon sports season. It's about that time where I start going through all the rosters in the Mountain West, just trying to make sure there haven't been any like late departures I didn't know about. It's all chaos, but I love it. And we love doing this for you guys. So uh, shout out to all of you. Much love, y'all. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly, primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.